So, all right, well, we have an opportunity here where we get to now study the Word, and I'm thankful for that. We're going to be doing uh, the story of Jesus and the leper. Not leopard, right? So leper. So what's a leper? I don't really have that terminology. You guys ever heard of that? Leprosy? Yep, somebody has leprosy. So we're going to learn about Jesus' interaction with this man that was, according to the scriptures, full of leprosy. So we're going to just open up your book here. And before we do, we're going to pray. But do we have extra sheets to pass out if we don't have it just for the lesson tonight? We might not. So, oh well. But if you... Um, if you don't, you can look on with a, uh, next, somebody next to you. But we're in Luke chapter 5, verse 12 through 16. So you can turn to there, and we're going to read that. But before we do, let's pray here to get started. Father, thank you for today. We're thankful for this opportunity where we can have fun together, and we can fellowship, and, uh, but also we can glorify you through the study of your word. Please humble our hearts that we will know and receive your word and be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and we're going to read Luke chapter 5, 12 through 16. So let's go ahead and we'll stand up here as we do. And I'm going to read it here. <clears throat> so while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered him. Uh, hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Can you sit down? All right, so we're going to go through, and just in the, in the next page, we have the observe. So we read um, that, but we want to go through and just do that tonight. And as you guys have already filled that out, and if you haven't, you can fill it in now, but... This is just a kind of discussion, so we'll just shop that out um, as you have answers. But who are the people involved in this encounter as we think through this? Just kind of shout out. Um, it's Jesus and a man of leprosy. Yeah, so, leprosy. Mm -hmm. so a man full of leprosy. So the man was uh, a leper, and he was not only just had a little bit of le leprosy, but he was full of leprosy. So that's an important observation. And then, so Jesus... So, two main players, and so, Jesus, is there anybody else in this? There's kind of the crowds mm -hmm. as, um, yeah. Yeah, so there's a crowd, and, and there's, in parallel passages in the book of Matthew, it actually says a great crowd. So a great crowd is following Jesus because... It's amazing what Jesus is doing, right? So here's potentially the Messiah. Here's a guy healing, doing amazing miracles. 
and uh, people want to see that because it's amazing to see all that's going on there. So then, let's describe the situation. What, so describe the situation, what is the problem or opportunity being presented as you think through that? What do you guys have written? One aspect, Adrian? The guy has leprosy. Guy has leprosy. That's a big problem. What else you guys got? What does it, let's, let's think about what, what does it mean to have leprosy back in the Old Testament times? It's a little bit different than if we have leprosy now. Okay. Huh? You're exiled, right? Yeah, so you're considered an outcast when you're a leper, right? You are not allowed in towns. You're by yourself. So problem's a little bit worse, right? Not only do you have this terrible disease, but you are an outcast. So anything else you want to add to that? We got it. Um, leprosy made you unclean, so no one was supposed to like, touch you or anything like that. Yeah, so you're unclean, which that, uh, that definitely has a spiritual connotation to that being ceremonial, unclean, and not allowed to um, be in the temple at all. So that's a good addition. Anything else? Okay. So then we'll go, how does Jesus respond? What does he say or do? So is there any direct commands or warnings? What do you see in that? What, what did you observe? Excellent. So, so that's an excellent point because here's a leper that you have to stay, some say like six, you're supposed to stay at least six feet away. You're supposed to shout, the leper's supposed to shout, unclean, unclean. And, um, but Jesus actually went through and touched the leper, which would make, um, which is a big no-no. So that shows you, uh, that's an excellent observation. What else? You can get a gold star, Andrew, for um, all the questions you're answering. He says he commands the, the guy um, to not tell anyone. Tell yeah. no one. Yeah, why does he say that? Because it's interesting. If there's great crowds around, how is Jesus able to do that? Why do you think that is? Where do you think the great crowds are in, com in relationship to the leper? Huh? Six feet out. So if I was a leper and I walked in, you guys would be <laughs> against the walls, right? So there's these great crowds that are giving a lot of space so Jesus is able to go, the leper's able to go to come to Jesus and is able to talk to him and have a conversation with him and can easily say, hey, tell no one. And, but obviously, as we know what, what ended up happening, what was the last observation? So what, is that, what ends up happening at the end there after he heals him and Jesus tells, says, tell no one? Okay. We can more people 
Very yeah, so, I, so, so we can infer that probably the leper didn't keep it too quiet, that he was, and if he was full of leprosy and was all of a sudden completely healed, it was probably hard to keep quiet as well, so um, other people pointing that out. So then what would be, um, um, so then we talked a little bit about the outcome of the encounter and what changes is that the man was healed, um, Jesus was more famous, and more people um, were healed because of that. So Jesus' fame continued to um, spread. So what would be the main point? What are some thoughts, some main points that you guys had? And there could be a bunch of them. So we got Sometimes Jesus wants things kept secret. Okay, sometimes uh, Jesus wants things kept secret. So what's a, another main point that you guys came from that? What would you say? Jesus will give to those who ask. Jesus will give to those who ask. So, so yeah, the leper came and asked Jesus, had the faith to ask him that, and believe that Jesus could heal them. Because he said, um, if you will, um, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will. Right? That's good. Any other main points? The what? Yes, sir. Jesus is not afraid of the outcast. So you can almost even say that Jesus seeked him out, sought him out. I guess he seeked. Okay, yeah, so Jesus will help and have compassion on the outcast, so that's good. Good. Any other thoughts on main points that you guys had? They're good. So, but yeah, all these are uh, great main points, and um, so I thought that um, the encounter teaches me that Jesus has compassion on the outcast. Um, or you can say, Jesus loves the lonely and the outcast. So, but there's a lot of different opportunities and, um, that Jesus has and, uh, that we see through here. So I want to zero in a little bit more on who the leper is. We talked a little bit about that. But if you have a Bible, you can turn to Leviticus 13. Leviticus 13 45 through 46 talks a little bit more exactly what a leper has to do. So there, there's a couple chapters in Leviticus about it, just about how the priest has to examine to determine to see if it's leprosy or not. And leprosy, back in the Old Testament, is some sort of contagious skin, skin disease that spreads. And we don't know exactly what it is. It could be multiple diseases. Um, it could be in the scalp. Um, it could be on the skin somewhere. But... Um, it's some sort of skin disease that we don't exactly know what it is. There's a disease currently called leprosy that um, is probably not what the biblical leprosy is talking about. But it's just some contagious disease. So we're going to read that uh, Leviticus 13, 45 and 46. So it says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes. And let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. 
He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So what are some things that the, the scriptures say here about a leper? Just that jumps out at you. After what? Dress poorly. Yeah, so torn clothes. Why do you think that the leper has to wear torn clothes? What's the imagery that you see in Old Testament times, Anna? That's a possibility. I didn't think about that. I was thinking of something else. When you tear your clothing, what does that mean? Your mourning. Your mourning, right? So... So that could be, um, there might be multiple reasons for it, but wearing torn clothes means you are mourning, generally. What else you guys got to see from that? You live alone. Live alone. So that's a big bummer. So just imagine living outside the camp. So you are cut off. You are outside the camp. You cannot uh, live in your house. You are alone by yourself. You can't interact with anybody, which is a great point of being going back to mourning. What else do you see in there? Yeah, so you had to make sure. Why, why would they have to do that? Do you think? Yeah, to mourn, because it's a contagious disease, right? So good. Anything else? So you also have to have your, uh, your hair hang loose. I don't know particularly why, um, but uh, that is a, the, the seriousness of being unclean. Um, and we, we've talked a lot about unclean in the scriptures. There's a lot of unclean things, and there's, there's a lot of things that make us unclean in the Old Testament times. So... Do you guys know of anything? So we know, like if you eat certain animals, so if you eat uh, pork, um, if you eat certain types of birds, there's also if you uh, touch dead bodies, if you have a disease, if you do those things, those make you unclean, okay? So when, when you have um, certain things happen to you, they're unclean. Also, when you sin, that also makes you unclean. So being unclean separates you in the Old Testament times from being able to worship God. That's the significance of being unclean. <clears throat> so you can even say another uh, result from, for this leper or getting leprosy is they cannot worship God because worshiping God in the Old Testament times involves going to the temple. You are not allowed in the temple, so you cannot worship God. Um, if you have this disease. So, so a leper is always mourning. They're always separate from the community and they're always separate from God. So what's the state that this leper is in right now? Is in a very sorry state, okay? Nobody wants to be around him. He's not allowed to be around anybody and he's separate from everybody and he's even separate from his relationship with God which is how the Old Testament times works in there. So, and it's always good. So it got me thinking when I was studying this, it's like, who are our lepers in our community? When you think of that. 
who, are, who do you run into personally, or who do you see in the community yourself that would be a leper, or like a leper? Any thoughts about that? Have you ever thought about that? What do you see? Somebody who's an outcast? Somebody who their shame forces them outside and so that nobody uh, <coughs> forces them outside of the community? Who's somebody that's always mourning? Who do you know? Anybody come to mind? <clears throat> Nothing? We got Yeah, yeah, so you'll see how many people, how many times have you guys seen a homeless person kind of off to the side um, and people just walk right past them and completely ignore them, right? So, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's excellent. So somebody with a disability, uh, that could definitely put them um, as an outcast, whatever disability that is, um, mental or physical. Sometimes your race can do that with racism, right? And somebody is an outcast just for the color of their skin. I thought of that one. What do you got? What? Religion, yeah. So your religion, I don't want to do, I don't want to run into that person at all. I don't want to be involved in that. What about at school? I think of when I was in um, high school, I didn't want to be around anybody and I ignored anybody that was um, dealing with drugs. That was something that I really looked down on and I didn't want to have anything to do with them or talk to them. Um, people kind of like religion, like people with certain beliefs that are like that most people disagree with. Um, mm -hmm. Or, like you said, they're not making good decisions. Okay. Um, okay. So somebody with bad decisions or a different religious um, understanding. So why would the Old Testament law kick somebody out for just a disease, if you think about that? He didn't, why would he be separate from God just because he has a disease? Doesn't that sound cruel? So that's what got me thinking when I was, when I was looking through that. Because there's no way to worship, they're completely alone, and they're outcasts. You can kind of say, well, you want them to be, you don't want to spread the disease to somebody else, right? And so you can kind of see that. But why is it so brutal? And, and so I want to like tell you guys, it's, it's more than that. Because being ceremonially unclean teaches us something. And what it does teach is um, that we are not righteous, okay? That only God is righteous. And that's what the law teaches, okay? So the true purpose of the law, which a lot of people miss, but the true purpose of the law, the law is good, but the law shows us our sin.
the law shows us that we need something else to save us. Now, a lot of people will be self-righteous and they'll take the law and they'll say, oh, look at all these things I've done. I've done this, 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 and this, and this, and then therefore I'm righteous before God. But that's not what the law teaches. The law teaches us that even though you do this, 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 and this, you still fall short of the law because if you break one part of the law, you break all of it. So the true purpose of the law is to show us our sin. So in the Old Testament law, you eat pork, you're unclean. You touch a dead body, you're unclean. If you have a baby, you're unclean for a few months. If you stole something, you're unclean. And if you had adultery, you're unclean. And then you got stoned for it so, and killed for it. So the law brings condemnation because it shows us how much we fall short of it. So I do want to reiterate that the law is good because that's helpful. It does show us our sin, but it doesn't save. So the law continually points, uh, it points to us or it continually brings out to us that we are living in a broken world and only Jesus saves. Okay, and that's why we have, so we're focusing on the leper, but then we can focus on Jesus and his compassion. And we have John 3, 16, which we all know, or at least we, almost all of us know, is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But then there's verse 17, which is uh, even, it's like even cooler verse, because it says, Jesus did not, come, um, did not come here to condemn the world, but to save. And so that's what Jesus said, did, was he came to the leper to save him. And he did that by making him clean. So that somebody that everybody avoids, that's completely cut off from everything, he came and he touched this leper. This leper came to him and said, if you would please um, heal me. And Jesus says, I will. And he made him clean because of his faith. It's not by his works. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, in the Beatitudes, it says, Bless those that mourn, for they will be comforted. Bless those that are mournful, mourning their sin, mourning their situation, mourning what has happened, and being humble about it. And Jesus will comfort. And I love Matthew chapter 11. Turn there. So Matthew chapter 11 is a great verse to, um, to remember. Whenever you're down and are, and are weary, it says Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So you can look at that leper and say, this is Jesus saying, come to me all who are labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. For I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's what Jesus does. So this leper who is cast out um, and having the heavy burden of all that is on him, we can be thankful that Jesus loves that person has compassion. So if you are yourself here tonight, if you feel like you're cast out like the leper, 
um, if you're stuck in your sins, if you're alone and tired and burdened and aren't you're wary, you can look to Jesus. He loves you, right? So the leper came to Jesus because he has faith that he would heal him. And so I ask you, it's like, do you have faith or do you try and do things on your own like other people? Like trying to work on your self-righteousness to try and get out rather than trusting in God uh, to do that. Or do you know somebody who is um, like the leper? Can you love him like Jesus loves? If you turn to Psalm 142, and you can mark this one. This is a great psalm because this psalm is a lament. And we don't really talk too much about laments in our culture. But a lament is pouring out your heart for suffering that you're going on in. But then you always turn that lament into pointing to God and looking to Jesus, who is your comfort. So I'm going to read this in one, Psalm 142. And so, it, so whenever you feel like you're burdened and weary or you know a friend that is burdened and weary, you can read this for them um, because it is... So encouraging. So it says in verse one, with my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. And those are his enemies. And if you don't think you have an enemy, that's because you don't, because we have an enemy that we can't see. Uh, that wants to kill and destroy you because you're made in the image of God. Verse four, look to the right and see, there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. And you could see the leper there saying these same things. Verse five, I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me for you will deal bountifully with me. And that's a great promise. So God loves you and um, wants um, to care for you and he wants you to believe in him. Um, He wants to forgive your sins and that you can um, glorify him and that's the way to do that. So let me, uh, with that, let's close in prayer, and then we'll break into small groups here. Father, thank you for tonight, and we're thankful that we have your word, and we're so thankful for the compassion and love of your son. Let that uh, sink into us and be encouraged by that. In Jesus' name, amen.